What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Breanne. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this is your first time again, my name is Breanne. I am your lovely host this morning or this afternoon, whenever or evening, night, whenever you're listening to this. Um, I am the CEO of Girl Stop, where we talk about all things girl and all things Jesus and everything in between. It seems as such that we really focus on Christian tools for the believer and relationships. So we've kind of honed in on that. So we're kind of moving in that direction. If you're returning, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Please subscribe to my podcast. Um, follow me on all of my other social media outlets. Uh, I definitely want to connect with you. Let me know what you want to talk about. Send me a voice message, a DM, email, whatever. Uh, follow, uh, most importantly, Instagram at underscore underscore girl stop. That's G I R L S T O P underscore. Um, follow me on Twitter. I have fun on there. Um, girl stop underscore underscore and our Facebook page at G I R L L S T O P. So let's get connected. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search girl stop with a space without a space. You'll find us. Um, and I would love to know who you are, what you think this week, every week, actually, we focus on something specifically every month. We have a theme this week. Specifically, we're talking about relationships and, um, uh, earlier, if you come my podcast from a day before yesterday we talked about relationships and loving yourself um a lot of people completely skip over and miss the self love relationship but it's so important like how can you effectively love be with connect to grow beside with other people if you have not adequately spent time loving you so i'm an advocate for self-love or always will be i think it's important and so imperative this week i want to talk about who kind of understood else to love like I in in the past two days of receiving feedback from the content conversation that I introduced one thing that I think I've learned is that we don't actually know like who else to love and this is so relative to the person you know if I am um if I put myself in the prefix of a single mother of two young children and I'm trying to allow somebody intimately in my life who I would love is very, very different if I was, you know, a teenage 16 year old with no kids, you know, who I would bring into my life and my heart. It's totally different uh, dynamics. And, and I think that, you know, when you're thinking about who to love, it's very imperative that you understand who you are so that you know who you need in your life and who would best and most adequately fit your love needs, your um, love languages and the things that you have going on in your life, the purpose for your life. So today I really want to focus on a couple of tips on who to love, how you can really hone in on weed out, work on the elimination process of who to love. Now, listen, now some people may find this kind of controversial because it's like I'm telling you who you should and shouldn't love. Not exactly. What I plan to do after this podcast I want you to leave with the equipment and the tools on identifying um, how to place people in your life. Sometimes I think that when you get to talking about eliminating people from your life or removing people from your life, that there's this aspect of, oh, that's so mean or but they're so sweet to me or they're a nice person or they're a good person. Listen, there are some people that I've had to remove from my life for this season, not because they are bad people, not because they were bad for me, but they weren't a good fit for this season or they weren't a good connection. Um, they were um, distractions to what I have going on. They weren't 
healthy for me. That doesn't mean that they're a bad person. They're still great people. They're just not great people for me in this place I'm in. Doesn't mean that we won't be friends or close or connected in later seasons of life. Doesn't mean, you know, that we may not ever be reconnected again. I don't know. But what I do know is for the assignment that God has on my life, for the things that I'm focusing on right now, for the for the workload that I have as far as school and my job assignments connecting to school and then my extracurricular dreams concerning that. I don't have the capacity for them. And you have to understand that that's okay. Sometimes you have to understand tip number one. We must understand that in our in different seasons of life, we have different needs and that is okay. It does not mean that when you move from this season, when you move from this place that you won't reconnect with those people, you won't be more closely connected to those people. But sometimes you simply have to push away. It's weird that we understand this in other ways of our life. And this is what I mean. Like we understand, you know, from, you know, I guess I'd say November till about March in order to have a summer body. Those are the times that you really need to start working on that. So even though you got Christmas and Thanksgiving and the new year during that time, you really have to bust it to get on it to make sure that you have that, um, that beach body that you want by summer. And it's like, we understand that, you know, it's not that we don't like cake. It's not that we don't want sweets. It's not that we want, don't want those extreme spices in our lives, that fatty, greasy and fried food. But we understand that because of the goal we're trying to reach, because of the place we're trying to be at, we can't have it in as much um, capacity as we normally would. We understand that when it comes to working out, we understand that when it comes to, um, you know, goals and dreams and ambitions. But it's like as far as guarding our heart or people in our lives, sometimes even in your social time, even in your downtime, you cannot have certain people, certain friends, certain relationships in your ear feeding your soul. There was a season of my life. I have a dear friend. I love her. Guys, I absolutely love her. Um, we were joking about um, being in each other's wedding the other day. And this is something that I understood. There was a season in our life where I was trying to renew my mind concerning relationships. I, I called her and I was like, look, we're not getting this thing right as far as dating. Like we're breaking up, getting together, finding somebody, talking, breaking up, talking to somebody kind of two weeks in. We're dead. Like talking to somebody else, texting now, excited, dead. Like I said, we're not getting something right. So I'm going to push back from this. Um, and it and it was pushing back from the starting, stopping of talking, getting to know somebody. But more importantly, it was pushing back from her. Not that she was toxic, not that she was a bad friend because we're still friends to this day. But I had to push back because I did not want that mentality. I had to sever the lines between what I knew so that I could get something greater. I knew that something wasn't right. So, yes, I did have to push back from that friendship. Um, I did have to push back a little bit. I didn't send as many memes joking about the um, the badness of men or the the realities of dating as a millennial or any. I had to push back from those things because I wanted more. I wanted greater. And so to connect to my deepest, truest heart's desires, I couldn't continue to feed my mind and my heart those things because I no longer wanted to believe them. Now, <laughs> 
if you're looking for the happy ending to the story, yes, I did get the happy ending. I did actually out of that behind that season, get into a great relationship. That relationship didn't work out, but you know, I still have hope and I'm building. I, I've started at that place and now I have a new mind about dating. As a matter of fact, I was able to go back and connect with her on that in that area and be like, yo, we we gotta renew our minds. We gotta we gotta tighten up. We can't keep confessing that, you know, these are what we these are the thoughts and the funny things we think about men and then in the same breath and the same mouth say okay well we want a godly strong amazing man who loves us and cares and prays for us and is worshiping with us but we're also speaking against the very thing that we want so we have to get some alignment and guess what because you know that friendship you know is not it's is a lifelong friendship I was able to share those thoughts with her from my time away and really help her transform her own thinking concerning men, concerning guys, concerning dating, relationships and loving ourselves. And now we're more whole women because of it. But what if I would have went back to her and been like, yo, like these are the things that I think about dating and relationships now. And I don't really find those jokes funny that I used to. And, and I've grown to a new place. And this is how I feel. What if when I would have went back to her, she would have rejected me? Then what? What if what what if when I would have went back to her and said, you know, I don't really want you to send me those memes anymore because I don't want that feeding my soul anymore. I want I have this faith confession about what I believe about a guy for my life. And this is what I'm standing on. And this is all I want to see. This is all I want to believe. What if she would have rejected me? What do you do at that point? Because remember, she's a good person. I love her. We have history. You know, those are the moments that you have to decide what is more important. And I've always told um, I've always told even my, my, my siblings, because they're all in relationships, married, dating, what have you, serious relationships. I always told them, like, I can tell you all day what I think about your relationship or what I think about your significant other. But at the end of the day, I can't hold you like they can and I can't give you children like they will. So I really think that you have to take that with a grain of salt. I love my homegirl, but she's not holding me at the end of the night. So I have to go with the faith resolve that I have in this area so that I can see the fruit of my faith. I can see the fruit of my confession. I can see the fruit of that affirmation. So when thinking about who to love that goes for friends, um, associates, business partners, which is something new that I really feel like I'm unveiling, you know, um, as I step into different arenas of a business, a business and doing making different connections with people. I learned that even some business relationships aren't the best for you. Now, I don't know where you are in your life. Um, you may not want to be an entrepreneur or you may, you know, may not be at the stage of actually making entrepreneurial moves. But even if you go to work for somebody, because I've been burned this way before, signing up to work for somebody and you don't have the correct paperwork, you didn't sign a contract, um, they're working you tooth, nail and bone and telling you they're going to pay you after or the pay is contingent upon the work. You need to be very clear when you are in business relationships, whether you're working for somebody or you're trying to connect to work with somebody. All of it is really the same. And again, all of them are not for you. There are some people that you simply cannot work with because of your personality, because of your style of work, because of the structure and the organization and the order that you've given, you know, your workflow and the kinds of, you know, personality. There's some people that you simply will not be able to work with, which then means that all business isn't good business for you. So in, in, in having this new wisdom and having this new knowledge um, about the different areas of relationships, that means 
that everybody is not for every season in your life. Let's let's remember that. So let's take a little a little assessment, a little evaluation about our lives right through here. And let's decide who is for us in this season. And if you're not sure, if you need a little help and clarity, let's just go ahead and go to the father and be like, God, who do you have for me in this season? Who do I need walking alongside me, pouring into me? Who do I need to be pouring into? Who do I need to be walking alongside? Who do you have assigned to this season with me? And if you can figure and if you can figure out and listen to Holy Spirit, allow him to lead you. You won't be worried about cutting people off to the end of the year. You won't be worried about tagging along dead relationships and keeping their relationships alive. Look, a lot of this stuff that we put out on other people is actually our fault. I see a lot of uh, like tweets and stuff on social media, little memes that say stuff like, um, Quit texting first and you'll see how many dead relationships you're keeping alive. Quit calling first and you'll see how many dead plants you're watering. Okay, well, let's let's take a step back. If I look at a plant and I can't recognize it as dead, that's my fault. That's not the plant's fault. The plant itself is dead. The plant was once alive. Now the plant is dead. And why is it that when I look at it, I can't determine that it's dead? If so, that I want to revive the plant and I choose to pour water on it, I cannot expect a recipiation from that <laughs> from that plant, you know, right then. It's dead. So I have to understand that dead things are dead and live things are live. And if I want to transform or transition, then it's my effort. It's my sacrifice. It's my willingness that is going to put life into a dead thing to see it come alive. So I can't expect the dead thing to bring me life when it's dead. How does that work? <laughs> a lot of things, like I said, we put on ourselves that, you know, we really don't even have to worry about or we really don't have to stress over if we just get real with ourselves guys that's why I'm so such an advocate for self-love so that's the first tip again who is for us in this season does not mean that you know we have to be mean we have to be cutthroat we have to you know cut them off block them you know disregard them as we see them in public it does not mean any of those things you do not have to be mean-hearted or mean-spirited it simply means that you are about the father's business so that you must conduct your own okay okay great moving along now so when we think i really felt like a kindergarten teacher when i said that <laughs> but anyway when you're thinking about people in your life and you're thinking about who to love one thing you have to understand is the phases of your heart and the phases of um the paradigm of guarding your heart and the levels of intimacy and closeness that you have with yourself because if you understand those things then you understand where people belong and it'll show you who to love and how to love them. I think it's imperative that we know who to love and how to love them. And this is what I mean. I subscribe to the mentality of of the heart being likened unto the levels of the tabernacle. That means that you have the outer courts of your heart, the inner courts of your heart and the holies of holies of your heart. The holies of holies of your heart is like the most intimate, most vulnerable, most open, transparent, like just raw, unedited you. And that is the most sacred details. These are where your deepest of deepest of deepest of deepest secrets are. And this is also the place that not everybody is allowed. There should only be, I believe, a select few people that have access, that have um, informational knowledge and um, that can speak to and pour into that place because it's so sacred 
sacred and not everybody should be allowed there. I also believe that this middle place, the outer courts, the outer courts is the area right outside of that. This is like the area where there's a little bit more people congregated, but still it's a super special place. And I believe that like your best friends here, like if your best, best, best friends, these are like life friends. These are people that, you know, from the, from the moment you open your eyes and met them to the day you die, they will be there. If not succeeding you in death, this other area is best friend area. You know, these are the people that, you know, you hold dear and near to maybe in certain areas of your life and not the whole of your life. Like maybe you have a deep, um, um, a deep connection to somebody that, you know, you always go to Walmart with. That's your Walmart buddy. Every time you go to Walmart, you don't want to go Walmart alone. You call this friend or you call them on the phone. This is your time to catch up, spend time, connect. This is that person. This is that person that maybe you're there. You're out to eat, buddy. Maybe you don't like out going out to eat alone or going to the game alone. This is your outing friend. These are your best friends. You trust them in certain environments. You trust them to maneuver with you through different atmospheres and climates and doing different things, whether it's everything from a theme park to a church service whatever it is this is what you this is who you trust and you trust them with your secrets and you trust them with different levels of you but still they still kind of carry they carry attributes of both the outer courts as far as associate level and the holies of holies but they're not in that place that they're they're they haven't quote-unquote graduated I guess okay And then you have the outer courts of your heart, which these are people that maybe they they aren't your friend, depending on how you define friend and associate. We'll just say they're they're the outsiders. Okay, they don't have access to inside information. They should not know about sacred things, you know, the informational knowledge or or business secrets or things that you're brewing on. They don't know things aforetime. These are the people who get the Facebook announcements like everybody else. These are the people who get the knowledge as, as common public because anybody can be outside. Actually, everybody else is outside, you know. So these are those people. And when you know how to classify those people, what they mean to you and what they should mean to you, you know how to love them. You know what to love. You know the characteristics of the people that belong in those areas of your life. And I can't tell you what that is. You have to define those things. You have to define, you know, okay. Greater and deeper than, you know, they're loyal, they're consistent, they're a good friend, um, they pay attention to me like, no, 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 no. It goes deeper than that. You have to assign different um, character traits that you want um, relative to who you are, meaning that, you know, okay, well, this person that's that's sacred in the holy of the holies in my life, like they, they have these certain attributes that I trust. And, um, I know that their character has proven them, you know, because they've been my friend for this long. Sometimes that's a contingency of moving somebody through different levels of your heart or even in the adverse, you know, if they've hurt you or wronged you, is it, you know, a non-negotiable? Sometimes we have non-negotiables in our heart that we have not verbalized. Like if they do this, they're out of my life forever and I never want to speak to them again. And I'll have to walk out the forgiveness as God has instructed me to. Or this is a forgivable offense. Some some offenses are forgivable, you know, that we, the relationship can move on forward from and some are not. So I think you have to decide, you know, where your lines are. So, you know. That will help you in knowing who to love and how to love and knowing who to love and knowing how to love. Next point, number three, if you will, comes boundaries. 
You have to make sure that you've defined boundaries for your heart, boundaries for your relationships, boundaries for your friendships. And you have to make sure that you stick to your own boundaries. A lot of times us women in relationships and as far as dating and courtship, we bend our own boundaries and are mad at ourselves when we give leniency to our boundaries. But the guy that we let down our boundaries or our walls or our standards for abuses him. But what you have to remember and understand is that you set a boundary, you set a a definition online so that you don't experience the abuse and the heartache or the things that are below that line. You cannot be mad at homeboy for exercising his rights when you gave him the rights. A lot of times we find ourselves frustrated with guys because we didn't set the standard. We didn't set the expectation. We didn't walk in the door on guard or over time those guards came down because we weren't strong enough and resolute enough or we allowed the love, the attraction um, to make us comfortable and thinking that, you know, it's okay for us to spend hours and hours and hours upon hours alone. And and nothing's going to happen. We've tricked ourselves into thinking that we're strong enough and we know how one thing's going to lead to another. So we don't have to put up barriers or blockades because we when we see the thing coming and the thing unfolding, we're going to be strong enough in that moment to stop it. But what we fail to remember is that temptation is something that we like. It's not something (laughs) it's something we enjoy. It's not something that we're strong in. And that's okay. That's why you have boundaries and limitations and restrictions as far as your body, your time spent together, your heart, um, what you will and won't allow in your mind. Look, I'm the type of girl like I can't stand cussing like I am not judgmental in any way, but we all have our own little things. And because words mean so much to me, um, I can absolutely not date a guy that that curses or that would curse at me. If that's something a weak area of yours, if that's something you struggle with, you are not the man for me. Because when I make you mad enough, not not anticipating making you mad or being an unhappy person. But when I make you mad enough, when the when you stub your toe at the wrong moment, you know, when something doesn't go your way, that language is going to come out and it is going to wreck my spirit. Friendships. I cannot be friends if, if we are friends and that's a bend of yours, I guarantee you we don't talk much. I guarantee you not only do we not talk much, but when we do talk, we don't talk long because I, I cannot like the I, I've experienced a lot of abuse in my life. But one thing that I have not ever experienced is the abuse of I, I've experienced verbal abuse. This is true. Um, so but they were like it was like tactful, like it was like, you know, the educated corporate email clap back, tear you down, self-esteem kind of tear you down. It wasn't the degrading, cuss you out, meaningless, lifeless type of tear you down. And because that's an abuse I never experienced, I have no toleration for it. I've experienced enough abuse and I'm not going back to to a place of allowing some abuse because I've never experienced it. The devil is a lie. So saying that to say that I've learned that even in, I've tried giving grace, you know, even if that was like if this guy was like perfect. Right. And that was the only thing that he tripped up on. I recognize that is a non-negotiable for me and it will not last. Even if you tell me you're working on that or I'm trying to do better, or you're working on your substitute words. If that is a bend that is present in your life, I absolutely cannot do it. And that's just me. You know, everybody has their thing. There's something I know about me. That's something I recognize. And I don't try to fight it anymore. I just pay attention to your language. I just pay attention to what you say, how you say it, and what you mean when you say what you mean. 
I've recognized, you know, cussers try really hard around me to, um, I guess, mask their language or try to be on their quote unquote best behavior. It just doesn't work, guys. And so you have to decide or define what does and does not work. As I mentioned earlier, that is a non-negotiable trait for me. That's a non-negotiable bend for me. That's a non-negotiable weakness. There are some weaknesses that we absolutely cannot bend on. Um, I grew up around like drinking and smoking and stuff, so it doesn't bother me. Um, it's what you do when you drink and smoke that bothers me. But the act itself is not a bend for me. It's not like, you know, um, I'm, I don't put you down or that's not something that's uh detrimental to me but my homegirl that I mentioned earlier she absolutely cannot stand a cigarette smoker she absolutely cannot stand that and if you have the slightest scent the slightest hint of it if she sees you with them it's an automatic turn she can't do it again you have to define first of all who you are when you when you define you define who you are you know the parameters by which you can and cannot operate A lot of people ask me about, you know, this place of centeredness that I live my life out of. And a lot of it comes from being true to my own boundaries. No matter who you are, no matter how much money you have, no matter how much fun we have together, no no matter how much influence, pull, no matter what, I stay true to my boundaries. And I do not allow people to move me from them. I spent all of 2018. 2018 was a great year. And I will not take anything from it. 2018 was a triumphant year. But some of the character enhancing L's that I took, some of the lessons that I took came from me not having clearly defined boundaries and moving outside of doing too much, pouring too much, giving too much, over committing and not seeing the uh, the the reaping of that because it wasn't what God told me to do. It was what I decided to do outside of myself. And when even time you start getting outside of yourself, you cannot rise up into being the person that you call to be. And also the boundaries, they, they get they keep you safe. They keep you whole. They keep you they keep you um, protected from a lot of different things. And when you step outside of those, you don't even really understand the magnitude of what you're unveiling yourself to. So I hope that those couple of things really helped you because those are lessons that I've learned in knowing who to love and knowing how to love. Um, I think we're going to spend maybe another podcast or so talking about this how to love piece because that gets very, very in and that that's super, super rich that I don't have time to go into on this particular uh, potty hashtag podcast. But. Thinking about think on those things, meditate on those things, get you some answers about you. Some of those answers I can't give you, but I can give you the tools of design of how I've crafted those things in my life. Hopefully and prayerfully, they'll benefit you and you will see some changes being made for your good. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If you did share it with a friend, um, DM me, send me a voice message or email, connect with me. Let me know what you think, how you feel about this content, what you want to include in this content, and I will be sure if I can, to work into the rotation. I love you guys and I appreciate you for tuning in. So until next time, peace, love, and hair grease.